Hello, and welcome to the Viva Wellness Podcast. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Thank you for joining us for our last episode of 2020. It's like bittersweet. Like, I don't know if you'd be excited or just like relieved, probably both. Right. On that topic, we wanted to talk to you about ways to reflect on this year and move forward since, you know, normally this is a time where people are reflecting and looking back and being nostalgic on parts of the year and setting intentions for the next year. And obviously that looks a lot different this year after the cluster that 2020 has been. Mm -hmm. So we just wanted to check in and kind of give you some words of wisdom as we exit this year that we hope to never see another one similar to it again. Pretty much. So I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is something that they, and by they, I don't know why I said they, as if you all know what I'm talking about, sports beat writers um, who write about the Yankees have been talking about in terms of people. So I don't know if anybody here is a sports fan, but if you are, you will not along with me. Sports Twitter is a really special place. And there's a lot of just complaining and there's a, a lot, lot of armchair GMing and yes. people have a lot of feelings. So there are a lot of complaints about players who had not great seasons in 2020 and what to do when they're outraged and then like get rid of him. And I'm just like, man, I hope you don't manage people because you'd be firing a lot of people and they'll probably be very sad anyway. Mm-hmm. And the refrain from the writers, from people actually in charge of the team are always like, we're not taking this seriously. Like whatever happened in 2020, we're kind of just going to take it as an anomaly, like note it, but not really put any stock into it. Mm-hmm. And I would advise everyone listening to do the same thing, even if you are not a professional baseball player, mm. because this was a weird year. <laughs> the weirdest. Yeah. The probably the strangest you've all had ever. Right. Um, and, you know, there's definitely other things that would make another year particularly challenging, right? right? Not everyone, although a lot of people did, but not everyone lost someone close to them this year. Not everyone lost their job, but, you know, there, right. that might have happened in another year for you, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that made that year personally challenging. But the world was a mess this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes everything harder, even if there wasn't anything really tragic personal to you. Um, no one could be at their best selves this year. Like, that's just not a thing. Um, I don't know how that could happen. Yeah. So whatever happened this year for you, whether it was positive, negative, in between, um, I would just say to take it with a grain of salt. Like, don't put too much stock in how you felt this year. You know, if you felt like really unsatisfied and just listless throughout the year, like I wouldn't necessarily make a whole bunch of life changes about that. Mm-hmm especially if you felt fine in 2019 or more fine in 2019, or you were happy with the things you're now questioning a year ago. If that's the case, I hear you. It's really hard to just sit with discomfort, especially in large areas of your life, but just no major life changes right now, unless it's something you've been thinking about for a while. Um, It might not feel that bad when the world starts to get back to normal. I would wait for that first. And I, I also wouldn't judge yourself too harshly. Like if you just kind of felt like you sucked this year, like that's cool, just let it go. Um, I guess the overall point is like no major decisions should be made based on whatever happened to you this year alone. 
<clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. Um, like when I when I think about the end of the year and I've started to see some commentary on this already, one of the thing that one of the things that comes to mind to me is um, kind of like ignoring all the achievement posts that you're about to see. Um, and and trying to your point, Rachel, like trying not to fall into the comparison trap um, and sort of evaluating yourself in like re relation to other people's achievements or lack of achievements or whatever. Um, this time of year, I think a lot of people obviously are like reflecting and thinking about, you know, how the year went, the things that they did or didn't do and all the things that happened. And I think that obviously some people are going to have these things that they achieved and felt really good about. And that's awesome. They should celebrate that. Um, but I think that if you're, if you end up seeing a lot of posts about like, oh, my business did this this year, or I was able to, you know, um, I don't know, achieve these other things. Also try not to take that as any, I mean, this is normally good advice um, in normal circumstances, but also, especially now to not get caught up in the trap of looking at that and saying like, oh, well, I didn't do anything or I didn't do enough or I didn't achieve enough or I didn't hit these goal markers I set for myself. Um, it's easy to fall into that comparison trap. And, and I think it's, there's something a little bit natural about kind of seeing something and, and evaluating yourself, but really try and resist that urge to fall into that trap a lot because, you know, I think the point that one of the points that we're making is that 2020 was, is and was an incredibly challenging time for almost everyone. And while there can be good things that come from it, like no one was at their best and it's okay to not have achieved things and to have just made it through, I think is enough. Um, so yeah, that's one of the first things that comes to mind for me. Yeah, I would also add to that to say that, especially when you're looking at social media, it's not, it's not black or white. So there might be areas right. in your life or other people might have areas in their lives where they thrived Yeah, and things went really well. Um, but that doesn't mean that it also wasn't really challenging in another area and no one's sharing that on social media. Yeah, Even the posts that are like, oh, this is me being really open and vulnerable and sharing my truth is still not the full truth yeah. just because it, I don't know anyone who's willing to do that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think, And that being said, I don't think people have to. Right. And I never would and it's fine. But it's that idea of, just recognizing what it is you're looking at and to note that you're probably not seeing the whole picture and there just might be more to the story than you're seeing you know I'll use myself as an example like we had a pretty good business year it was nice mm -hmm. <laughs> right I don't know what it would have been if there wasn't a pandemic but like right. it was good um so like I can acknowledge that while also being like yeah like I'm not doing well right now mm -hmm. and so I mean, I was going to say, like, I wasn't going to post about, I'm not going to post about either just because like, that's my relationship with social media, but it, it just knowing that like, if I had to pick, I'm going to pick, I'm going to share more details about the positive than I am yeah, about yeah. the negative and more situations than not. Yeah. Um, that one's a tough example because like we're therapists. So there's only so much detail about our business we can share with the public right. and that's just not 
my jam anyway. But if you're even just looking at it without using examples of like good thing versus bad thing, you have to share both. More details are being shared about the good than the bad. It's just what it is. That's yeah. just how we operate. And like, that's fine. I mean, I don't blame anybody for not wanting to put their most vulnerable moment or the full details of their most vulnerable moment out there. Right. So just note that as well. Um, I've said this to clients several times. I don't believe anyone's doing well right now. I think the yeah. degree of well can vary. Um, yeah. Some people are okay or fine. And other people are like, I barely get up in the morning. Mm -hmm. and, but I don't know that anybody's going to look back at this and be like, I'm doing spectacularly. So when you see that, that just might be something to remind yourself with the comparison trap that yeah. just because somebody's sharing a win doesn't mean that's all they have. Right. I would also say that kind of almost like the opposite of this a little bit is that I think there are some takeaways that you can get from this year. If there's something that you really missed this year that you weren't able to do, which most things we weren't able to do, but if there's something that really stuck out to you as like, man, like this is the hard part of this, whatever this is, whether it's not seeing particular friends and family, whether it's not participating in an activity, whatever it is, if that is really what at the end of this year sticks out to you is this thing that was like, holy crap, like other things were hard, but this was the hardest. Note that. I think it's a good idea to have that answer because that is probably the thing you need to prioritize most in your life moving forward. Um, one of the things, right? Not everything disappeared. So it's just taking stock of really what impacted you the most and remembering that you probably need a lot of that just generally, even when the world is fine, right? Are, are you doing the things that you really missed enough when we can? And on the flip side, I would say if there's something that you were spending a lot of time doing, whether because you felt you had to or because it was something that you thought you wanted and you're like, you know what, I'll miss that. Also noted because mm -hmm. that might not be something that you should really be dedicating that much time to if you can prevent it. And it's vague for a reason because that can be literally anything. But I would say the one thing that you maybe can take stock of is just how you feel about those two sides. And that can be a good way to plan what the new normal for you is going to look like um, based on just what really hit you emotionally in either direction over the course of this year. Yeah, I think what's so important about that is that it's really important to listen to and pay attention to your feelings and what they're telling you. They're good sources. I say this to clients all the time. They're, they're good sources of data. Um, so use that information. You have like all of this information from 2020, make good use of it. Um, one of the things that I've like on that front, kind of similarly, um, I've discovered that there are some ways in which I wasn't prioritizing comfort just in like day-to-day -day clothing. I was like, oh, this is more important than I thought it was uh, when, the, when the world was ending. And, you know, we're in the middle of pandemic and all I could do basically every day was change clothes. I realized, yeah, I haven't been buying the clothes that I really like and feel good wearing all the time. So not going to do that moving forward. Um, so I think that's a really good point. Um, and similarly, I think one of the things I've been thinking about as like a good kind of reflection question for people is what, what do I want to embody 
in 2021, like on a personal level, right? If there were things that, you know, uh, perspectives or uh, certain ways of relating to people um, that you were kind of noticing and, and gathering all that data from, thinking about how in the next year you can embody that more, em embody those personal challenges more, embody those like desires more. Um, because again, it's like there are things that have come up, I think, for a lot of people about what's really important. And maybe sometimes we ignore the, what we want to actually be like, um, because we're so busy moving from thing to, thing to thing when we're, you know, all these work obligations, family, social obligations, etc. So reflect on that question too. What do I want to embody in 2021? And think about how you can make that happen a lot more, because I think you generally feel more satisfied if you can make that happen. Yeah, I would also say too that maybe avoid resolutions this year, mm -hmm. at least in the beginning part of the year. And I will put the disclaimer on it and say, I don't believe in just New Year's resolutions. I think yeah. whenever you are feeling unsatisfied and want to make a change, make a change. Like you don't need to wait for January 1st, like do right. it on December 31st, like who cares? Yeah. But if you are someone who normally sets like new year intentions and new year goals, like, oh, I want to do this by March or by June, I want to make sure I've done this, throw that out the window. Because while there's hope on the horizon, thank you to all the amazing scientists and healthcare workers who have developed the vaccine that's going to save the world. Mm -hmm. There's hope and hope looks like it's coming pretty much in the first half of 2021 so right. far, so which is great. But there's just so many things that are still up in the air in terms of what you're going to feel comfortable diving back into right away, mm -hmm. what the world is going to look like, what you're able to do. You know, we could all hypothesize of when people are going to go back to work or when certain things will reopen and why we think that'll this will be first, but we don't know. And so given that you don't know what the state of the world is going to look like, just don't hold yourself to any type of timeline. Yeah. If you want to intentionally set a goal, I would say to just set the goal. Mm -hmm. without a time frame. And does it really matter if you reach it in August versus April? Like, right. I, I don't know, probably not, right? Unless it's something that can happen in this reality that we're experiencing right now. Like if your goal is small to say like, okay, I wanna, you know, get outside and take a walk for 20 minutes, three times a week. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we've been ordering a lot of takeout and I wanna try to cook at least one more time per week. Or, you know, hey, I've really been bad about reaching out to friends and I want to do that more. Okay, cool. Those are all right. things you can do now. So sure, set a, set a time frame. But if it's something bigger where it's like, I want to do this by April, no. <laughs> yeah, you probably got to chill on that one. Right. Just and, right. and you can still set the goal. Like, I'm not saying like sit there like a lump, but like, don't put the time frame on it. Just right. say, this is a thing I would like to do and promise yourself that you will work towards it when and how you're able to based on what's happening in the world. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what I mean by like personal challenges, because like all the, all the like things that are actually like really within your control and reasonable, right. To like, like you said, like cook dinner, like an extra time a week, or just like get in some extra movement per week like that, that sort of thing, like working towards that on like a smaller basis makes a lot more sense because you have so much more control over those things theoretically. But when it comes to like these bigger life changes and other, you know, goals that require other factors, 
then like, yeah, we're going to have, we still have a lot of limitations and will for the first half of 2021. So it's important to like recognize that and not, not get ahead of yourself too much with that timeline. Yeah. Yeah. I would also add to, to, I guess, generally try to assess and, you know, I know we just said like, don't plan too far in advance, but I think what you can plan, the vaccine is here. It exists. Yeah. People are getting it. It's coming. It's, it's, it's going to impact your life in 2021. Right. Um, something catastrophic would need to happen for us to be sitting here this time next year and be talking about how we're still a lockdown in, in pandemic world. Right. So also start to think about what does reopening look like for you? Mm. What is something that you want to, what do you want to do first? <laughs> right. And I think, you know, with a grain of salt to say like some things you don't necessarily know how you feel until you go to do it. And obviously that there are limitations where <laughs> the thing you want to do first might have to be the third thing you do because it's not open yet. Mm-hmm. But just really assessing like what is reintegration into the world start to look like, um, if you got the vaccine tomorrow, would you want to go back to the office? Would you feel comfortable traveling? Um, and I say this not because you have to know like what's going to happen three months from now and you have to plan your life. But I think for two reasons, it's helpful because one, one of the things that people have really had a hard time with, like myself included, is that you can't make any plans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all all of normal life, and I I know everybody has this understanding of like barring unforeseen circumstances, but for the most part, you could make a plan in March, in December. We can't do that now. We haven't been able to do that in almost a year. Mm. And so being able to do that is actually a start of getting back to normal and a sense of normalcy. And so whereas the plan might be more tentative or maybe not, right? Maybe you're cool being like, hey, I'm probably gonna get this vaccine by April. Like, let me book a trip for June. That's cool. Um, it's all about your comfort level, but I think that is a sense of normalcy that even though you can't actually do anything different right now, you can start to wrap your head around a different mental space that might be helpful for you and might be something that you've been missing. Um, because like I said, it's not where we were talking about, you know, six months ago, we're like, oh, when the vaccine comes and maybe fall and maybe late. No, like it's here. People have gotten it. Mm -hmm. So it's more of a reality and more of something that has a not definite, but a tangible timeline. And I think on the flip side, it also gives you something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And that's been something that's been lacking. Um, it's not close. Like I wouldn't say, you know, make a plan for January 10th but maybe June 10th. And, you know, again, flexibility, you don't know for sure, but it's looking pretty good for at least some things. Mm -hmm. And it seems like you could most likely do more things by the summer. And then if that helps you to say like, hey, I'm going to put this thing on the calendar because at least then I know, hey, when this is over, I'm going to do something really cool or something I really missed. Um, I think that can be something that gets you through the winter for sure. Yeah. Having something to look forward to is just, you know, incredibly beneficial to our mental health. So definitely agree with that. Yeah. And I think there's more certainty than there was a few months ago about when that could actually happen. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's more of a safe bet that you're not going to be completely devastated if you, you know, put something on a calendar for a realistic timeline based on what scientists have been saying about the vaccine distribution. Right. Yeah. Like you can make it, you can uh, make an educated estimation, right? 
right? And so use all that information to be like, all right, well, maybe I can set myself up in a particular way and still be flexible because you never know. Um, but yeah, a little bit of space for that. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, and you can even do tiered systems, right? Like if you look at what people have, have said and said, you know what, like I don't really feel comfortable booking a vacation for March, mm-hmm. but maybe I could plan that maybe I could eat in a restaurant by March mm-hmm. or maybe I could see a friend who's also gotten vaccinated by March. Um, you know, and I think it's again, being flexible and listening to health guide, whatever the health guidelines are at the time. But I think even giving your, allowing yourself to have hope can be helpful. Um, as much as it feels comfortable for you because mm-hmm. we've lived without that for a while and there's definitely reason now to feel safe having more of it mm. multiple reasons i would say yeah right. thanks Kaiser and Moderna. <laughs> i was gonna add another one but you know AstraZeneca? no not not vaccine oh just the presidential administration oh that's fair <laughs> So, forgot about that. I'm just right. Like that's a big one. Give me the injections. <laughs> right. It's a nightmare. Um, um, yeah. Anything else you would add? Um, yeah, I, I would just add that like this isn't necessarily in service of 2021 necessarily, but I think it's just good to, I don't know, sit down and have a good talk with yourself um, at the end of the year. And just actually be honest about what it was like for you, right? And like identify what those hard parts were, identify what those better parts were, and just take time to reflect and honor all of your feelings and experiences. Because I think sometimes we we kind of rush ourselves a bit, um, but you know the reality is is we've all been through a great deal of trauma, and I think being able to process what's happened, giving yourself space for that, I think is just a really healthy thing to do. So not even just for planning sake, but just in treating yourself well. Take that time to actually just sit and reflect, think. If you journal, journal. If you don't, that's fine. Do whatever feels right, but give yourself that space. I think it's a really healthy thing to do. I agree. And you do not have to sit to do it. Right. Absolutely. I I know. (laughs) Uh, But it's nice to reflect on the walk or on the the bike, on the run, on the scoot, whatever it is you do to move. Um, You say a scoot? Yeah, scooters. People have scooters. Right, but I've never heard the term scoot. What would you say you're doing? In terms of a noun. What would you say you're doing if not scooting? No, but you said scoot on the scoot. On the scoot. Right, I've never heard that. On the walk, on the run, <laughs> on the bike. like. Right, I'm just saying I've never heard that before. I, I, I don't know that I've ever heard it either. But <laughs> okay, like, I was like, is that a word? If like on the run is a thing, then on the scoot should also be a thing because that's what you're doing on a scooter. You're scooting. Sure. No? Okay. <laughs> anyway. I mean, I like it. Thank you. On the scoot. Thank you to everyone who joined us for this episode and this year. Um, We hope that we could provide you with some knowledge and comfort and entertainment or any of those. And we (laughs) hope that you will join us next year for a year that hopefully, most likely, will end a lot better than this one is. Mm -hmm. Happy holidays to everyone who is celebrating. And if you're not, if you're having our time, it'll be over soon. Mm And we hope you will join us in 2021. Bye.